Welcome to Eat Scripture. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are back talking about the Exodus some more. Yes, we are. There's too much there to we get into one podcast. We didn't feel like we quite got finished last mm-hmm. time, and so yep. I hope we'll have enough to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we had just talked about some details in the Exodus story mm-hmm. that really gave us insights. Yeah. Into this being a type for all of our New Testament scriptures. Yes, exactly. And how it is just kind of a foundational uh, as far as typology goes. The Exodus and what it means has everything to do and is pointing forward in countless ways toward what's happening in Jesus. And so spending a little time here, a lot of time here, uh, will only be beneficial to it's being a able to. Beautiful story of what God has done for us. Yes. What Jesus has done for us. and Yes. So, so we we'll dig in a lot, lot further. Time. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, once again, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners who continue to support us, who continue to help us out. And um, just by prayer, by sharing the podcast with those that you know, um, talking about it a little bit or sharing it on social media, anything like that is great. Um, certainly by supporting us through any kind of monetary means that you have would be terrific. You can do that through the podcast uh, itself. You'll see ways to do that, but then you'll also, but that's very limited um, to some people who, who have asked us uh, if there might be a way to do more, then you might want to just go to eatscripture.com and take a look at our donate page. And we have on there several different ways that you can uh, look at and possibly choose to give support through another means. So that is completely up to you. And we appreciate everything that you do for us. And um, really just mainly though, love you joining us here and learning a little bit more about scripture and what it means to peel it open and uh, let it, let it speak to you. The Holy Spirit wants to do amazing things as he interprets this for us. So we're going to dig in now to Exodus a little more and what's happening in the actual Exodus event itself. Uh, Let's keep talking, don't you think? Yes. That'd be good. Yeah, as we are getting into this Exodus passage, I just think it would be good for us to keep talking a little bit about the Passover itself in chapter 12. The Passover and the way it's described there with all of its uh, detail, all the things that are worked into there, this is so fascinating. Um, and and just watching it unfold here is quite, quite the picture because God is, of course, telling so many things about actually what's going to happen in the future in Jesus that we are probably not used to looking at. We're just seeing this as these are the rules that you keep on that one day a year, whenever you're celebrating or week, one week a year, if you're kind of celebrating through the feast of unleavened bread, this, this is the way to do it. And this is the way you make sure that you're dotting all your I's and crossing your T's and, you know, we can just kind of leave it in that realm. significance yeah. of all of those little details yeah. and what they mean. Exactly. And we don't see the richness of mm-hmm. that whole experience because we as Christians don't do all of these things. Usually. Right. Right. We're and not, we don't so observe we these. Don't, uh, 
match mm-hmm. it up. We don't. I just think it's rich and it's beautiful and mm-hmm. so meaningful, and we just. It would be great for us to go back and talk about some of that stuff. Yes. So, so as we are thinking about that, and as long as we're here, um, uh, I just thought maybe let's mention a couple of things as we go through. Now, remember, this is what we're talking about. This whole unleavened part is a very interesting thing, and the idea of being uh, of having this week out of the year where you don't have leaven in your homes, uh, it is very much tied to this event because of, as we've already said, the whole haste that they're leaving with and the idea that they are because um, they don't have time to wait for their bread to rise even. They just need to get out. So you're taking the dough you've already made and you are leaving. You're not even letting that dough rise any year. There's no time for it to rise. So yeah. The dough that they're taking with them without the yeast. But for me, I see this at time as being, you know, we've talked about leaven as being yes. influence right. and teaching. Yes. And so it is time for them to clean out the old teaching that they have, mm-hmm. that they've learned in Egypt, mm-hmm. and to um, get completely rid of that. They walk yes. through this, this baptismal sea mm-hmm. experience, and yep. they're leaving to begin a whole new life. Yes. And so then, they, after yes. these seven days, they will be able to bring new, new, new leaven, leaven. It'll be new leaven. And new teaching. Yes. New influence. And to begin anew. Yes. And. So. Uh, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think this is what, when we get to the New Testament, and like in Matthew chapter 13, and Jesus brings up this parable where he talks about leaven. There's seven parables there. And the right. fourth one, the middle one, um, is a parable about leaven. And, and this is a very significant parable, as they all are. And Jesus starts it with this phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took. Well, traditionally throughout history, a lot of people have wanted to interpret leaven as always being an, a bad thing, right. a sinful thing, or, or um, an evil thing, that, that leaven is always equated with sin. And this is why we see leaven throughout the Old Testament Generally, it is very discouraged for leaven or anything like it to be used in a sacrifice to God. Generally, that's the way that it works. But then there is this... If it were all bad, then why would they be able to bring leaven in after the seven days? Right, exactly. They're still going to get it back in their houses after seven days. So apparently, God just doesn't want them to do away with it forever. It's not just leaven. It's the wrong kind of leaven. It's yes. What if it's the the old leaven and this is the way Paul uses the phrase you're getting rid of the old leaven and you're bringing in the new leaven I mean Paul uses that phrase in some of his writings or one of his writings also and so whenever Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven he's surely not saying the kingdom of heaven is like sin Right. Um, you would think that he's saying much more what you're saying. The kingdom of heaven is a great leaven. This is the really good leaven that we that we should have in our lives. And in the way you said it a while ago, influence, something to influence. Because that's what leaven really does. It influences the dough. The dough. It's the active ingredient for the bakers out there. You know this already. It's alive. Yes, exactly. It's an actual living ingredient that you're putting inside your dough, causing it to do something completely <laughs> that it would never do it will double on its in own. Size, yes, it's actually going to grow. Yeah, It's Man. amazing to watch if you've never done that before. But yeah. when I think about it being alive, yeah. that is so interesting in terms of this because 
if the, if you have a bad influence mm-hmm. that's gotten mixed in, you may not realize how much it is growing and doubling and yes. just taking over who you mm-hmm. are. But a good influence can do that as well. Yes. The spirit a good influence can. Yes. that comes in and influences us and doubles and changes who we are. So yes. I think he's asking them to take the leaven out partly because they're in haste and of mm-hmm. course that's the original reason mm-hmm. but they're they aren't supposed to put any back in for seven days and i think that's let's get rid of all of that influence yes make sure it's gone cleanse everything mm-hmm. and start fresh with this new influence of god of god after the the, the post passover influence <laughs> that should be there now yes and so all of this becomes that type that of course is pointing forward to jesus and the post passover influence that truly comes uh after his death and resurrection and so that of course we are leaven just like leaven gets put inside of dough he puts his leaven inside of his people and so that wow in a really interesting typological way equates the holy spirit with this leaven that influences it is that's what he's wanting to do with his people um and and so we're the ones now who are just like jesus is the bread that comes from heaven well now he indwells us and we're called the body of christ And so we are in a sense that bread in the very sense that we are Christ's body on earth right now we are the bread that yes. the world is being fed by. I mean We're that hungry. should be the idea. Right. You know Jesus said when Jesus talks about leaven himself in Matthew chapter 16 he does say watch out and beware for the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. the influence they have bad influence you don't want that kind of influence it tells us very quick very uh, clearly that that's what we're talking about when we get down to verse 12 that that's what he meant by leaven he meant their teaching their kind of influence that they put in you that's the thing you want to watch out for but you know when we find out when we're reading in Leviticus 23 and we're reading very specifically about the day of Pentecost This is the place in the Old Testament where we're told right. that leaven is a good thing to add yes. to your offering. It's part of that feast. For the right. yep, exactly. It's part of the offering that gets waved before the Lord right. on that day. And it's very clear you want leaven in that Pentecost offering. Now this drove a lot of there were a lot of Jewish interpreters that, uh, throughout the centuries that have been crazed by this one why this one use of leaven here in an offering before God. Why is Pentecost the time that right. it's okay not just okay but commanded to put leaven in the wave offering that you're putting before the lord yes and if and of course we as christians have the beauty of knowing I what that's that. really yeah. pointing to yeah what else could that be it's except it's so significant yeah when the holy spirit falls on them and they are filled with this they've got this leaven in them that's right the day of pentecost okay. would be the day that that it's okay for this leaven now to be put in an offering before God why because the day of Pentecost like you said predicts the coming of the holy spirit and therefore it, it now it's a great thing to have in us all of our offerings after the great day of Pentecost are made with that leaven with the holy spirit's leaven in us that we're offering 
of the gun. So beautiful picture there, but there's no way for leaven to be sin in that case. I mean, it's very obviously not, uh, should not be interpreted as sin there. So now we have to do something else besides just call it sin all the time. It forces us to realize we're really talking about influence, some kind of influence. Uh, it's, it can be bad or it can be good, but leaven is going to be one of those. You're going to be leavened somehow. It's just, are you going to allow yourself be, to be leavened by the good influence? And I think for me, just knowing that um, the evil influence is alive as well. Yes, right. It's still there. It's, you, it, it, you think that you can, oh, that's okay. I can put that over here and not pay attention to that. That mm-hmm. won't grow. But it does. Yes. And it grows and takes over just like yeah. the good influence. 100%. I think the leaven is both, and we have a choice to make all the time in the walk we're walking with him. Yeah, so as we continue on now, we'll go, past, go to a different little piece here but I think this one is very interesting too and so we're backing up a little bit for this one which is this three days of darkness plague that God brings on Egypt which leads up to the death of the firstborn so it's it's we would even say it's kind of reversed in Jesus but the pieces are here whether it's you know the three days of darkness is clearly clearly a pointer to the three days when Jesus spent in the grave for right. us, this is that's the true darkness. That's when right. the darkness was over the world that was just palpable. Right. Everything, you know, where, what do we do now? The Messiah's gone, he's dead, he's in the grave. So there's our three days of darkness. Now, that three day period gets kind of played out so many different times in scripture. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're anytime you see a three day period, you should stop and yeah, really look at that because there's something going on. Definitely. We've already talked about it in Abraham, way back in Abraham, whenever he was taking Isaac up on the mountain. Right. I mean, there was this three day period there where he had to be in some of the, it had to be the greatest angst of his life. That right. three days had to be the worst period that he had ever faced. It was a death march. No, yeah, it was a death march. Nothing for him, but a death march right. to the mountain. And so, yeah, horrible, ugly, what it was, dark three days. Um, and so we see that, you know, Jonah, again, we yes. know this one well because Jesus himself points to it. Fish. Yes, exactly. It's three days in the belly of a fish. That was really, you know, should have been life ending. I mean, right. for anybody else, that's life ending. Right. How do you spend <laughs> three days in the belly of a fish and not get, you know, completely uh, destroyed? But God had his protective hand on him just enough for him to be vomited out and then be, he could do, which is very much a resurrection of sorts in this weird way, um, but very much pointing to the fact that Jesus would come out of the grave and would wind up taking the message of God into the world. So there, so therein we have that three days prophesied again, and it happens over and over again. We're even going to see it, you know, in the in the Exodus event itself. It's certainly not stopped. It's barely started. Um, we're going to see it again in just a few chapters. Whenever we get to the end of, or the beginning, I should say, of chapter seventeen, and the people are all in the wilderness, and there's nothing to drink. And they're all upset because now they've been in the wilderness for these three days and wound up with nothing to drink. And so they're begging Moses for water. Actually, I should say, this is the first time, chapter 15, verse 22, it's the first time they wind up with nothing to drink and they're at this bitter water and they have, uh, and they're wondering what in the world they're gonna do. And so it's been a three day period there. 
Well, it's a three-day period of thirsting that winds up with God turning bitter water into sweet, and now there's right. plenty for everybody right. to drink. That's beautiful. So yeah, so in that very small way, it's very much a picture of. So sometimes we just Jesus. tend to read over those things and not think about them. But I'm always like, why would you tell me it's three days? Yeah, yeah. And be specific about that unless there's something there I should be seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So completely agree. Well. Because we don't, we got other things to spend time on and we don't want to get stuck there. Let's go on to another thing that is part of this Exodus event, which in 1317 and following is this pillar of fire and cloud that is surrounding the people at this time, leading them out or becoming a barrier between them and their enemies um, whenever they're crossing the Red Sea. Definitely his provision. Think about how a cloud in the day would give them shade uh, such from the great hot shade. sun in yeah. the desert yep. um, and just then, a relief and then at night the yeah. fire to keep them warm and to be a light it would be so scary very, out in the wilderness yes in the very comforting dark. yeah for so, sure yeah. Um, such a comforting thing to have to be able to look outside and know uh, God is with us it's okay and, and providing light always and, his presence yep. was with them and they could see that it was in comforting ways but probably also fearful ways yes and so it's obvious a typological connection here right I mean it oh, seems yes. like so clear how could we not miss it this, this is the spirit of God This is the Spirit of God that um, shows up in a very visible way here to these people as God has led them out of their slavery and is taking them all the way. He's going to use this cloud and pillar of cloud and pillar of fire to stay with them all the way until they get into the promised land. They are, they are not going to be without this for these 40 years. Yes. Um, and so that's that, that's a beautiful picture. Guiding them. I mean, if you read in Numbers uh, chapter 9, verse 15 and right. following, mm-hmm. you see how they the cloud would lift when they were supposed to leave mm-hmm. and guide them along the way. And then it would kind of settle over the tabernacle when they were supposed to stay. Can't, and they would yeah. only move when the cloud told yes. them to move. Yeah, I, I just want that kind of uh, <laughs> exactly. obedience in my own life. Yeah. When the Spirit is leading. I want to be able to see. Oh, he says, "Stay here. Don't move until you know it's exactly. the right time." And I and I think that you're right. I think that's exactly the picture we're supposed to get of this. Being led by the Spirit should be like that that Numbers passage that you just referenced, um, which Numbers, again, I'll just say that for everybody, Numbers 9, 15 through 23, where you're talking about there is just um, kind of an, an elaborate passage on what it means for us to be led by the Spirit in this life as we are following God. And wow, the things that you're saying there just have so much import. It When it goes, they went. When it went, they went. But when it's settled, and it's real clear and there it says, that it says it was for days. Yeah, sometimes a few days. And they just rested. Yeah, and then other times it was. What just, does it say? It was like, uh, I believe it says like from evening to morning, or. Yeah. Where did I just yeah. 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 Just, sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning, mm-hmm. and when the cloud lifted in the morning, they set out. Or right. if it continued for a day and a night, when the cloud lifted. They set out. I mean, it just goes. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. They're always just however long he's willing to stay. That's where they're going to stay. Put. Whether it was two days or a month or a longer time. <laughs> yes. That the cloud continued over the tabernacle 
abiding there, the people of Israel remained in the camp and did not set out. But when it lifted, they set out. I mean, mm. that whole th- that whole Passage. paragraph, yeah, is over and over just reiterating how they just watched the cloud and were obedient. Yes. For whatever direction the cloud was giving, that's what they were going to follow and they were going to do it. Whenever the cloud wanted to go, they went. But if the cloud stayed there for over a month or more, they stayed. They just waited for the cloud. Man, that should be a picture of our lives in Christ yes. and following the Spirit. Yes. I mean, we're just waiting for Him all the time. And if we get somewhere and the next day He's like, hey, we got to keep moving, then we go. I mean, okay, I don't need any more time because the Spirit right. said we're leaving today. You don't say, hey, I'm comfortable um, here. I don't yeah, feel, that's feel right. like going today. Yeah. You go when He says go. And yeah. You- Stay still when he says stay still. Yeah, you don't you don't get to say, oh, I'm bored with this place, God. I'm bored with this uh, surrounding, and there's nothing really here anymore that's exciting, and I need to get out of here. No, you just stay as long as the Spirit clearly says stay. You stay. Um, and, and this is something that we develop over time, I think, as Christians. I think this is not the easiest thing for us to come to grips with. No. That this is what it means to walk in the spirit and to which Paul, you know, very yes. clear about what it means to walk, to live yes. in the spirit. Well, that's a learned process as a Christian. So I don't think I, I wouldn't want anybody to feel like, maturing. you know, You're yeah. maturing and you get better and better at it. Mm-hmm. And we're still, I don't think we ever completely get there. Right. In this lifetime. Right. Not in this. But lifetime. hopefully we're getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Yes, but the Exodus event is what starts them down that path, starting to learn what it means to walk by, live by the direction of God. And that's hard because the reason it's so hard is because you have to really trust. Yeah, it requires so much trust. And you start telling yourself, oh, well, that's probably not what I'm hearing from God. Or did did that really come from God? Mm -hmm. Or he probably doesn't know what's going on down here and I need to take care of this. And, you know. We, I think, try to get ahead of him a lot. Yes. Very easy, easy thing to second guess. Um, and that's where we get in trouble is when we st- start trying to second guess God on mm-hmm. where he's leading us and when. Well, he probably didn't mean this. I bet he did. You know? um, and so and, and this will be something like you're, you said already. It's a very um, learned and disciplined kind of process. We just have to. It's going to take a while. We uh, watched and, Jesus. And it's fine to I make mistakes. He was very much that way. He always seemed to know when it was time to... Go mm-hmm. to the next town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay somewhere. Mm-hmm. The, the apostles too. Yeah. So we watch them. So it is something we need to really. You just have to walking in the spirit is not a natural. Right. It thing. is. It's not. not the flesh. Right. It's walking in the spirit. Yes. A it's such thing. a different way to live. So, yeah, Complete but beautiful and wonderful, you. but something we learn over time. And so I just, I, I, I'm saying that in part because I don't want anybody to get discouraged out of there, mm-hmm. oh, out there. Right. Oh, how do I know if I'm hearing from the spirit? Look, I know that's a big question. I know that's a big question in so many people's walk with Christ. But I would say, you know, of course, here at each scripture, we're always going to point you first to saturate yourself in the word. You right. saturate yourself in the word of God. And this, these are because these are the spirit's words. He gave us the, he inspired these very words. So he's going to use these words to speak to us and guide us and lead us through. We can't just read the same words that make us feel good all the time. Right. If you're reading your scriptures and they're not challenging you mm-hmm. and making you stop and think and stepping on your toes, mm-hmm. you may not be reading it right. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, just right. continue to let him 
work on you. Yeah, absolutely. Me, I have to do that all the time. So. Oh, all of us for <laughs> sure. Um, and before we get away from this pillar and cloud and fire, just so I, um, just because it's a really cool little place here, um, in chapter Especially fourteen, after what we just talked about. right? Exactly. In chapter fourteen, verse seven, there is this note that when Pharaoh came out after the people, he brought six hundred chariots. This is one of our numbers references. Six yeah. hundred. Okay, six is in scripture. Really, kind of tell me of something. It's not always like sometimes it's incomplete heading toward complete. It can be pointing me toward a good thing. Sometimes, like in this case, it's just incomplete and therefore evil. Um, and so these are the six, the number, of the number six, we're... the number of man, the, the bad number. Yeah. Yes, that we don't like. Um, this is the number that is equated with these chariots that Pharaoh brought out to overcome God's people with, to completely overcome, right. even destroy if necessary, but certainly take back under His control God's people. And these are the very chariots that the Spirit won't allow to get by whenever they right. are, it whenever the, the people. Are crossing the Red Sea in their baptism, as Paul would say. That's when that pillar is set up, and nobody, no, none of Pharaoh's forces can pass. Um, so, I so the Spirit picture. is protecting. And yeah. in light of what we just talked about, when we're walking with Him, He will protect us. And yeah, I love that that takes place in the middle of that baptism scene. Mm-hmm. That He's yeah. saying, "Not today." Yes. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Perfect uh, picture being painted there. And so one that we want to don't want to miss uh, that that was coming to. Now, before we end today, I think it would be good to us to make reference to chapter 14, verse 14. It's just a, a neat little verse, short little verse here, but it's where Moses is talking to the people and the people are very upset because they haven't crossed the Red Sea yet and they see Pharaoh's forces coming and they, they feel like, well, this is our last day. We fell for it. We fell for Moses's crazy plan. And so here we are out in the middle of nowhere and now Pharaoh's mad at us. And here comes the whole army and we got no hope. Now it's hopeless and there's right. nothing we can do. They they lose hope so quickly, just like we do. Yeah, not unlike us we at all. We don't see our, ourselves from this viewpoint, but yeah. And so Moses uh, start, starts talking back to them uh, and saying, look, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today for the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. And then chapter 14, verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. If you people will just be quiet and rest, be quiet and not say anything, stop complaining the lord's going to take care of this problem for you and you can just Just stand and watch now that in itself is a picture for us i mean i think paul is is uh talking about this very same kind of thing in ephesians uh whenever he's in chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 of ephesians for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a result of works that no man should boast and there it is i mean this is the story the story of the exodus is our story because god does it all Right. The people don't have to do it. The people don't have to worry about it. You have to He's rest gonna in take his care. presence mm. and just watch. Yeah. Let him fight our battles. Yes. The true battles, the battles that he, I mean, this is no, no figurative battle. The biggest battle goes on in the spiritual places and he did it for us. We didn't have to get ourselves out of our lives and our investment with sin. He 
did it all on on our behalf and we got to we get to enjoy the benefits of it without having had to do anything to receive this Um, just love where it says um the egyptians whom you see today they can see him coming yeah you shall never see again yeah yeah uh, what about that for our yeah. for our salvation, for right. our uh, life in Christ? All these things that Satan and his minions that come after you constantly, that want to assault you constantly, that constantly tempt you, that constantly bring you to the to the brink of you know destruction. These are the enemy which you will never have to deal with again. Now that doesn't mean we won't face temptation or face, but we always live in the spirit and we're always protected by him. It is unlike the existence that we ever had before where we were constantly plagued by that enemy who could really do with us what he wanted before we knew Jesus. Yeah. Now we can stand up. We can say no, we can't live in Christ. Because it's not us. Yes. Because it's not us. Exactly. Because he's already done it. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Um, these pictures just go on and on. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a ton more. Yeah, but I just hated for us to end last week because we still had several things that we kind of yeah had left on the table that yeah. we were wanting to talk about, so. <laughs> screaming to be talked about. Yeah, um, and there's going to be a lot more in Exodus. We're certainly not done. We're going to keep going with some more typology as as we walk through here. So keep us tuned in, and uh, and we will keep putting this food on the table Um, and we are really really happy that we get to keep sharing this with you and hope that your lives are enriched by this way of viewing scripture and letting Jesus dominate everything uh, in the Bible just like he said his life is our interpretive device uh, in Luke chapter 24 verse 27 so thanks for joining us well God bless you all and we will talk to you very soon have a great week